crunch. Benny Alden took a big bite out of his crisp red apple as he sat in the back seat of the family's minivan. It was a late fall Saturday, and he and his brother and sisters had helped their grandfather run errands in Silver City, the town next to Greenfield. They'd made a lot of stops, including at the farmer's market. Benny, who was six years old and always hungry, was munching on his second apple, which he'd retrieved from one of the bags of fresh fruits and vegetables tucked near his seat. Now it was late afternoon, and the Aldens were headed home. Twelve-year-old Jessie put her hand on the cool glass of the minivan's window. She watched trees with red, orange, and yellow leaves whiz by. She thought the leaves looked even prettier than usual in the setting sun. Just then, she remembered the notebook in her backpack. She pulled it out and opened it to check the list of errands they'd made that day. She liked making lists and used her organizational skills to help her family. Grandfather, Jessie called to the front seat, I think we forgot to pick up the dry cleaning. Oh, you're right, her grandfather replied. He clicked on the turn signal and turned the van down a side street. It's a bit out of the way, but I think I know a shortcut to the cleaners. Benny looked around the minivan. I don't think we have room for one more thing, he said. It's crowded in here. He was sitting next to Violet, his ten-year-old sister, who was busy doodling with her favorite purple pen in her sketch pad. They were surrounded by bags and boxes, holding everything the Aldens had bought or picked up on their errands. We'll make room, Henry told his little brother. At 14, Henry was the oldest of the Alden children. He sat in the front seat, tinkering with the radio. Watch can sit on your lap. Watch, the Alden's terrier, replied with a small yap, as if he knew everyone was talking about him. They all laughed as the dog jumped into Benny's lap and curled up into a ball. A few miles and a couple of turns later, the minivan drove down a narrow road that ran along the edge of town. The street was very quiet. The children didn't see any other cars, just rows and rows of trees and the woods on either side of them. What's that? Benny asked, pointing out his window. The Alden children turned to see an old brick building surrounded by a black iron fence. The fence had spiked posts and overgrown vines hung from the roof. Henry looked beyond the locked gate to read the letters carved into the stone above the entrance. Hawthorne School, he said. I've heard stories about it. The dark shadows behind the school's broken windows made Violet shiver in her seat. A few minutes later, Grandfather drove the minivan into the lot of Silver City Plaza, a shopping center with half a dozen stores. The spots in front of the dry-cleaning shop were full, so he parked in front of Weaver's flower shop. I'll be right back, he told his grandchildren. Grandfather had been gone only a moment when Benny spoke up. Tell us about Hawthorne School, he said to his brother. It looks spooky. Do you mean haunted school? Henry asked. That's what they call it. Why? Violet asked, although she certainly thought the school looked haunted. Well, it's been abandoned since the 1950s, Henry said. The gates haven't been opened since the day it closed. Well, that doesn't make it haunted, Violet pointed out. Of course not, Jessie agreed. But now that you mention it, wasn't the ghost story we heard last weekend about this school? Last weekend, Grandfather had treated Henry, Jesse, and a few of their friends to a campfire. Violet and Benny had stayed in the house to watch a movie with Mrs. McGregor. 
As the group sat around the small fire pit, they roasted marshmallows and exchanged their scariest ghost stories. Jessie's friend Rose had told everyone the tale of a haunted school, a school that she said was nearby. It had to be Hawthorne School. Henry nodded. I remember. The story says the ghost of a former principal still walks the halls of the school. A ghost? Benny asked. That's right, Jessie said, recalling the story. She was fired from her job because a teacher reported that she was stealing money from the school. After weeks of insisting she didn't do it, the principal was still told to leave. As she walked out of the building, she put a curse on the school. The money was later found, Henry continued. It turns out she didn't steal it after all. Did she get her job back? Benny asked. No, Jessie replied. Nobody could find her after she was asked to leave. She seemed to just vanish.